Hey, this is Brian Shear. Uh, I'm the host here at Small Business Chronicles, and we are here with Brian Weaver of Focal Point Coaching. Today, we're going to talk about business coaching. Uh, it's something that you see out there a lot. There's a lot available. There's a lot of different styles and types of coaching, and a lot of people don't understand the value of it. And, and I think it's just like marketing. Some people might have been burned by it. But what I want to do is I want to get down to the nitty gritty of coaching, get some examples, get Brian's opinion and views on why why you need coaching and why that will help you excel as you start this solopreneur, entrepreneur, e- even even corporate business and how that goes. How are we doing today, Brian? I am super. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, uh, glad to have you on. Glad glad to be here. Coaching is one of those things that has just become very relevant in my life as I'm starting a, a journey to seek out a coach. Uh, so before we get into coaching, I ask every guest this one question to get started. Why should we trust everything you're getting ready to tell us? And why should we trust you uh, as a business coach? I would, I would say on the surface, you shouldn't. Um... The reason I say that is you should really get to know any business coach before you bring them on as a business coach. Are they the right person? Did they jive with you? They hold the same values as you. Um, Are they committed to the same things? So a little bit of background for me. I have graduated with the Naval Academy. I did nine years as an officer of the Navy. Spent 15 years on the corporate side, running sales teams and operations teams, running businesses, um, and been doing coaching for a couple of years now. And what does that say about me? It's, it, if nothing else, it says that I had a lot of opportunities to screw things up. And I will share with you all of those things that I've ever screwed up in my life. Um, and hopefully you'll learn from them so that you don't have to screw up the same things. Um, yeah, so that's probably why you should trust me, just because I, you get what you get with me. I don't, I don't have a lot of, uh, of extra layers. Uh, that that's fair. And, and thank you for that answer. I like that answer of your first line was you shouldn't, you should never trust a talking head on the internet right out of the box. Correct. That's whether it's me or you, whether you watch every one of my shows or, or whatever, that that's the first thing. So explain to me a little bit what a business coach is. I, I, I think we all have this convoluted or maybe a trindicated idea of what this is in our head, but give me a detailed answer about what a business coach coach actually is. Yeah, and I'll start with saying it's it's not a life coach. There's a lot of life coaches out there, and people get us confused sometimes. Um, and we, I kind of joke sometimes that a life coach is a hairdresser who decided to go into coaching. Um, from my standpoint, though, from a business perspective, I've become a business therapist. Um, I, I get to hear about what's going on in your business. Sometimes it gets into what's going on in your life. I think being a, an entrepreneur or a solopreneur is lonely. There's not a lot of people to talk to about what you do um, that aren't going to necessarily judge you as well. So your spouse doesn't necessarily understand your employees. If you've got employees, you can't talk to them about your woes all the time. So you need a, you need somebody to talk to. But I talk about the three A's a lot, you know, awareness, action and accountability. we got to create awareness of what is available, what 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 good looks like in a business as far as how you run it. Um we have to create action together. What are you going to do next steps? And every meeting I have with anybody always says, what is, what are the next steps you're going to do? And we don't end with the next steps and I fail. And then accountability, the next meeting we're going to meet, I better be holding you accountable to what it is that we talked about last week. Cause if I didn't do that, I failed. And you need to call me to the carpet at that point. 
so what, and I want to go over those three A's because I think that's a very good plan, but what sort of person needs a business coach, uh, out there if, if cause I, I went through a lot of stuff before I got to where I'm at today when I'm even considering hiring this type of business coach, this mm-hmm. type of whatever. So, so where do you feel that business coaches fit into somebody's work and life? Honestly, it's, it's anybody who is struggling with clarity. What is it that they're trying to, why are they doing what they're doing? You know, what are our values? What's our mission? What's our purpose? Things like that. If you've kind of struggled in that clarity piece, you need a coach. If you don't know how to grow, you need a coach because we get into market. I'm not a marketing guy. So don't, don't think I'm infringing on your turf. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. But we can talk about marketing and why marketing is important and what good marketing looks like versus bad marketing. Um, and, and marketing is a changing landscape all the time. You know, the algorithms for Google and for everything else change on a constant basis. The, but that's why we say, all right, you need to go engage a marketing firm, depending on your type of business, to get those leads that you're trying to attract. But it's also we get into sales, we get into processes because a big part of growth becomes the processes that you implement because you can't necessarily scale yourself if you're doing everything on your own. Um, and then we get into lead. So clarify, grow, lead are kind of the, the three things we get into there. And if you are trying to build your own leadership skills for your for your employees, if you're trying to build up the, the leadership skills of your employees, you need a coach to help you that or a trainer in some sense. And that's an important thing because if you want your your business to be more productive, it relies on good leadership. It relies on providing a, a nurturing environment so that people can excel. If you want to increase the value of your business, it involves having good leadership at the next level below you because you can't sell yourself when you go sell your business. You're selling the business as a whole. So those are, those are kind of three important things about really increasing the value of your business along with creating, you know, keeping yourself motivated. That whole clarification piece at the beginning, it's important to know why the hell you're doing this stuff because this is tough. If you want an easy job, go work for corporate and do that stuff. They, people are going to give you a paycheck every couple of weeks and it's great. But being your own boss and being an entrepreneur where you, people are now depending on you to, to make money, um, it's tough and there's easier ways to do it. So you've got to know why you're doing it. Uh, what is the biggest, the, is there a commonality when you're asking people why they're doing this that they come up with that's just wrong? Because I yeah. think all in our head, like we, we all want paid, we all want a big business or maybe it's ego or whatever it might be. What is the most common reason that you see people do this that you have to correct and change? Um, a lot of times it's the, uh, you know, I don't want to work for corporate America. That, that's, the, that's the whole reason. Yeah. I don't want to work for a big corporation. I want to be my own boss. I, I'm sorry, but if you've got clients, you're not your own boss all the time. It's no. just, you know, let's get, let's get past that, that mindset and really get into why it is that you're doing. Why is it important for you not to work for corporate America? Well, because I got fired three times. Well, all right. <laughs> why did you get yeah. fired three times? So let's talk about some of those other things. And maybe the things that got you fired are also going to be things that hold you back from succeeding in business. And if that's the case, then maybe we need to fix some of those things before we even get into much else. Yeah, if, if, if you can't keep a, a, a nine to five or a corporate job, you, you can't 
work for yourself. One of the reasons why I kind of went back uh, to Titan Digital and, and did the thing for my own marketing company is I know me and I suck at it. Uh, it, it was one of those things that if I can sleep till noon and play video games all day, I had to stop working from home because that's what I did. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, I just know who I am. And if I'm my own boss, that guy runs a real loose ship and doesn't get anything done. So I, I found it was such a big issue for me that I, I went back and, and, and took a job with the company that we're currently with and I've excelled and I've thrived, but at the same time, kept my business smaller more manageable over to the side. Yeah, there, there's a book on my shelf back here somewhere over there. I've got about eight copies of it down below here, and I give it to just about all of my clients. It's called Discipline is Destiny. It's a, it's a yeah. Ryan Holiday book um, because it's so important that if you're going to be your own business owner and your own boss, you've got to be disciplined. And, and discipline is not a four-letter word. A lot of people think that discipline is a four-letter word. It's not. It really frees you up. And I, and I try to harp on that on a regular basis. Look, be disciplined with yourself. Get get your ass out of bed in the morning. That's the first thing I find with people is like, oh, I slept till 730 or 8. Like you lost two hours of time that you could have been getting ready for the day. You lost your exercise time. You lost your, your goal planning time. You lost all this time. What the hell's wrong with you? So we get moving early in the morning. And it's that discipline that keeps us going that frees up the rest of our day so that we can pursue our passions. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like now I get up, I get up about 5.30, 5.45 in the morning. I get up, I have time to relax. I have time to have the headspace to meet the day correctly. Yep. Uh, I, I don't start corporate job until nine, you know, so that gives me from, from 7.15 to, to take care of if I do want to play a handful of video games or if I want to drink coffee or if I want to meet one of my friends or if I want to edit some extracurricular video, do whatever. It gives me time to do that. But then I'm nice and relaxed and I meet the day and then I keep my employees in line and do that. And you're right. Discipline is the one thing that but but self-discipline, self-discipline, yeah. I think, is the is the hard point here. Well, and you're exactly right. We. Uh. Marcus Aurelius talks about we hold ourselves to high expectations and we're tolerant with others. We can we can yes. be disciplined for ourselves, And that's why I think people think that discipline is a four letter word is because it's all about, well, we discipline our children. We discipline our employees. Right. No, we have to we have to hold ourselves to higher standards and hold ourselves accountable. But I, but I think that's the thing people do all the time. Like like my daughter, I'm like, hey, you you need to stop eating a whole box of cereal at a time. And then she'll be like, well, I watched you eat two pizzas the other day. So, I mean, it, it, it is that you project that discipline without uh, making yourself accountable for it. Yeah. It, let me tell you, if you're trying to tell your teenagers, hey, you shouldn't be drinking, um, they can't see you, you know, getting your getting drunk. Yeah, it's okay to see you enjoy glass of wine or whiskey mm -hmm. in moderation and, and and being temperate with that stuff. But if you're getting snot slinging drunk every weekend, eh, you're, what's that, what example are you setting for your children at that point? If you're telling them, don't get drunk, you're, you're, you're 17, you shouldn't be doing that. So uh, yeah, you're, same thing with the pizza. Not that I've ever eaten two pizzas. Yeah. Right. Never. I mean, I mean, they were, they were New York thin crust. There, there wasn't yeah. a whole lot of heft to it. Those are you, so you know. easy to eat and right? crispy and they're delicious. But you just whatever. roll it up like a taquito and <laughs> get fatter by the minute. It's that, that I mean, that's what you do. Polish it off with a pack of Oreos. So 
So that's right. At least yeah. a line. At least at least a line <laughs> of Oreos. Well, once, a you little start excessive. It, once you start it, you've got to finish that line. Yes. Yes. Uh, Oreos and Charlie Sheen both. So, uh, so, <laughs> so we, we, we talked a little bit about accountability cause we're talking about discipline, right? So we've identified problem. We're looking at problems. Uh, how do you hold people accountable? How, how is it that, yeah. that you as a coach get to hold me accountable for my shitty behavior? So it's funny. Accountability is the other four letter word. Um, because nobody wants to ever be held accountable. And they talk about, oh, we've got to have this accountable culture within our company, but, but please don't hold me accountable for anything. Yeah. Um, you know, that a lot of times when we, we talk about actions and, and I say, you know, what did you do? Did you do your actions for this week? Well, no. All right, well, why? All right, was that more important than this? Um, and then I start to say, let's pull out your goals. Now let's start to looking at what your revenue goals were. Let's reduce that number now. So, well, I don't want to reduce my number. It's like, well, if you're not going to take action on the things we talked about, you're probably not going to make your numbers. So let's really revise that. And it, you do that a couple of times with a client and either one, they're going to get mad at you and not want to talk about it anymore and, and break their connection. Or they'll start to get the ideas like, oh, he's going to actually ask me about these goals every single week. I should probably do something with it. Um, and I've got one guy that I've worked with. He's a he's a business owner, um, but does in the insurance space. Uh, after the first few meetings where I was asking him about certain deals that he had been working on, and he had forgotten about it. He revamped his entire CRM system and brought in a virtual assistant to help him manage that piece of it because he realized that's where he was failing on a weekly basis because he wasn't following up on some of these bigger deals and he had lost the bubble. Now we don't even talk about that stuff. We talk about how he's growing the business, how he's developing the other producers. What are the bigger goals he set for the business? Not his own individual pipeline. Um, where do you feel, ha, have you ever had to give up on somebody because they just wouldn't take accountability? Um, I have not done that with any of my clients, any of my one-on-one -on -one clients. I've had some group clients that, I hate to say it, I've written off. Um, yeah. I couldn't write them off necessarily. Kind of a turd thing for me to say. Uh, but I have. Uh, I no, not at all. I mean, this is this is business. This is human. There's there's people yeah. that wander into this place that that just don't get it. And there's people that are successful despite themselves. And by the time they get to a coach, there may be reasons or things why you write them off. And I, I feel the question's important because if I'm going to a business coach, I want to know what not to do as well. Yeah, so and I give some of these people are people that have been in business for years, fifteen yeah. to twenty years, and you would think they would be further along in the progress than they are, and and, and they come to me and they've they've gone into a group coaching session, and it's harder to to do that accountability piece at a group level just because now you know you got six people in a room that are, you know, they at least start as strangers but they eventually become you know, buddies after about 12 weeks together. Um, but it's, it's such a tough thing though. When you see somebody who, who comes in, they haven't done their reading, they haven't done their application exercises. Um, sometimes they show up at the wrong location because they didn't read the emails that came out the day before that says, Hey, we've changed locations. Um, and you know, I, I try to hold myself responsible for that. It's like, well, 
did I communicate to them in every means possible? Did I send them a text? Did I send them a smoke signal? Did I, you know, what do I, how else do I need to communicate with them to get them there? But at some point when you see them always pointing the finger at other people, I can't, I can't succeed because they're doing this. I can't succeed because that's happening. I, I say, well, you know what? We'll, we'll finish our engagement here, but I'm not going to go back and try to bring you on as a one-on-one client. Right. I, I don't I, want blamers. I, not, not to go off on a rabbit trail, but I think you hit the nail on the head and was kind of what I was wanting you to say. And I was bad about that. I, I was bad about that when I started business too, is blaming other people for your own failures. Yeah. Right. Is that it's, oh, I, I didn't get that or the email went to this or or I didn't do my due diligence or or, or that pass the ball game that you'll you'll message somebody and go, did you hear about that? And if they don't ever message you back, then for some reason you're off the hook and now it's their fault. So you yeah. keep passing this blame around my my life, my whole career, my everything changed when I stopped doing that. Yes. When you take responsibility for yourself, um, it. It's eye-opening to, well, first off, you can, it's really eye-opening when you start looking around and say, wow, all these people are blaming people. How do they get anything done? Mm -hmm. But you really start to accomplish more because now you're saying, all right, well, how can I do that better now? Oh, that didn't work. How can I do that better? Instead of saying, oh, the economy sucks, so therefore my business isn't going to be good. Right. The economy has sucked before. (laughs) And and will suck again. It'll suck again. It, you, your your sentence should be the economy sucks, but I succeeded despite that. Exactly. Not I failed good, because of that. Good businesses will always come through in a bad economy. Um, and it's funny is I don't care what the economy looks like. I've heard it from so many people say, well, the economy, yeah, what with the economy, it's hard to do this. I'm like, I don't know. The market's doing well. Unemployment's low. What's part of what's what's your specific issue with the economy today? How is that affecting you? And mm-hmm. they can never really say that. That's just a good excuse. I, I think I, I think excuses uh, reign supreme. Have you ever had to tell a client, um, "Yeah, this is the, the business isn't for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> entrepreneurship isn't for you." Usually, when by the time they get to me, they, especially the one-on-one clients, they're making yeah. enough money that they can afford me. First off, yes. Um, and they, they want to be coached. That's the other thing too, is I will, this is not a hard sell. I don't, I, I tell people what I do. I tell people how I help people, but people have got to be, they, they have to want to be coached at the end of the mm-hmm. day. And there's a lot of people out there that don't. And no, I, I'm not going to push myself on those guys. No, they are getting a business coach because that's what the magazine or that's what the YouTube or that's what the podcast said to do. They, they're just going out and getting it because that's what they're supposed to do. Not that they're actually absorbing or using the tools the way they're supposed to. Right. And I, and I screen I screen prospective clients out because um, I have a process when I onboard them. I you know, do a little five minute discovery call here and a 20 minute coaching call and a one hour strategic business review. And all those are little micro commitments that I ask of them and say, hey, prepare this, do a little bit of this. And sometimes they don't cut it. And when I get to the end of the strategic business review, if they've made it that far and I don't think that it's open, I'll, I'll offer it, say, this is what I do. This is these are things. But I don't spend a lot of time following up after that, especially if somebody that's rescheduled eight times on me or of course, yeah, you know, they, they missed the phone call the first three times and I had to call them and I. 
in one instance, the lady I could, was talking to her and, was like, and I could hear the, the glasses and the, and the dishes at the restaurant in the background. I was like, did you forget we had a call today? She goes, oh, no, I had an important meeting come up. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So, and, and at that point I said, you know what, when you're ready to engage, call me back. You've got my number. And I left yeah. with that. Um, cause I got better, I got better things to do with my time and, and other people to help at that point. Yeah, no, no, ab- absolutely. We, we like to do business here on our terms, right? We, yeah. we want to, we, we set a line. There's too many people in business that chase other people. Like, and, and I think that's a, I, I think that's, um, business insecurity that people get is that, oh, I have to land that client. I have to get client. I need to keep this money flow coming in. So instead of chasing the right clients, they chase every client. Yes. Uh, so it's good to know that you don't do that. That goes back to that trust factor. Yeah. I, I, uh, I spent what, 15 years on the corporate side where I had to deal with clients. I didn't want to deal with because mm-hmm. the business said, here, take this. And I won't, I won't name the names of those clients, but some of them are really big clients. You yeah. know, they're, they're paying us hundreds of million a year. You need to deal with them. All right. Well, they're, they're jerks. I don't really like them. So I don't, I don't have to deal with the jerks now, which is great. No, that that's fair. So we're, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, but I, thank you so much, uh, for coming out and being honest, just being honest and, and, and talking about the, the things in coaching because too many times, uh, uh, b- before we wrap up, I have two more questions. The, the first sure. one, sorry, I got a little lost there. The first sure. one is this. Uh, how do you know a good coach from a bad coach? Because just like marketing, there are people out there that like, hey, my buddy uh, my buddy says I should be a business coach, so now I'm a business coach. Um, mm-hmm. uh, people that are in it for nefarious or have stock answers, like a therapist playing on their phone while you're trying to tell them about why their dad left. You know, yeah. you, that that's probably like good mar- – that's not a personal story, I promise. But, uh, <laughs> but, but how do you know – uh, how do you know a good coach from a bad coach? So a good coach, when you meet with them, they're going to spend more time talking and asking you about your business than they're going to be talking about their qualifications. I don't, I spend very little time talking about myself, uh, in a, in meetings with clients. I'll share experiences where they, they're applicable, where I say, look, in my, in the past, I've dealt with the same sort of thing. Let me share something with you. But 90% of my of my interactions with people, even at the beginning, I'm just asking open-ended questions. I want to know about your business. I want to know about your struggles um, and figure out if I can help you. And and there's been times when I've said, you know, maybe you don't need a business coach. Maybe you need a therapist because it sounds like you've got (laughs) deeper, deeper issues than just your business. You've got, you've got marital problems. You've got addiction problems. You've got all sorts of things that aren't necessarily my uh, cup of tea here. So that's, that's my main thing is, you know, don't trust the guys that want to tell you all of their, all of their requirements or all of their, uh, their qualifications, I should say. That's fair. Uh, and, and let us know how to find you. Let us know, uh, how to find you, how to get a hold of you, services you offer, how to, how to do the pre-qualify since you do screen, uh, all of that. So this is, this is your two minutes of the show to, to do your pitch, sir. All right. Well, uh, great way to reach out to me is through LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile, I've got a lot of information there, including my website, email, phone number. My email is bweaver at focalpointcoaching.com. Um, I do one-on-one coaching. I do group coaching. 
in something I call an entrepreneurial growth course, where we, it's really kind of a, a set sort of eight sessions over 12 weeks where we get into mindset and behavior and growth and strategic planning and things like that. Um, but I also do sales training and, and leadership training. I spend a lot of time with companies working with their sales team to, to, you know, from everything from prospecting to overcoming uh, price objections and, and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I touch on a few different aspects there. I think well, I thank you so much for being with us. To uh, Go ahead. What? I said, I think I've hit on all the ways to contact me. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so reach out to Brian. Uh, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Uh, and, and, and as I start debating getting a business coach and, and just somebody for accountability and stuff, what you're saying resonates, uh, the three A's making sure you find a good one, making mm -hmm. sure that, uh, making sure that you get the best out of it that you possibly can. Uh, my name is Ryan. This is Small Business Chronicles. This has become your Swiss Army knife uh, for different things. We do everything on the show from emotional intelligence to business coaching to marketing to to networking etiquette. So follow us on smallbusinessdelivered.com. We've also got a couple other shows over there. Uh, we've got Business Breakthroughs with Neil DiPentino. Neil DiPentino was an assistant to Kevin O'Leary, been in business for years. Uh, he's come and joined us as a host. And the man, the myth, the legend, the mustache, Cash Miller, does marketing masters. Uh, if uh, you're in marketing, if, if you want to date that deep dive through marketing and hear all the different marketing tactics in the ever-changing world over there, that is Marketing Masters. You can find all of those on Small Business Delivered. You can just search that across all social media platforms. We're a little microphone that's blue, just like you see in the background of this. That is our logo. You find that, you found us. Once again, Brian, thank you so much for coming by today. Thank you, Ryan. I had a great time today. Hey, thanks so much.